Arizona sports, the local sports leader. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Maximum Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. All right, I hold in my hand, Wolf and Max. Uh-oh. This list right here, I feel like a late-night host. My there we go. Okay, Jimmy Fallon, come yeah, on. Pretty much. It's uh, seven names that are still out there that the Cardinals have talked to or are talking to, okay? Okay. So you just, uh, Max, you stop me when we get to one that you really like. Okay. As the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, okay? Okay. Uh, let's see what we got. Ajiro Evero, Aaron Glenn, Mike Kafka, Brian Callahan, Vance Joseph, I'm running out of names. Lou Anarumo. Brian Flores. No. There are no more names, Max. Maybe Shane Steichen, if we drag this on for can, two more weeks. Can, can, I, can I write in names? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, write sure. in a name. Um, I would probably throw in Jim Caldwell. Should be okay. back on that list. I'll put that Jim on Jim Caldwell. That. One that's not on that list. Um, Took the Lions to the playoffs. That's good enough for me. Exactly. And still got fired by the Lions. Which, well, they're the Lions. I mean, yeah, exactly. What is I mean. going on with that? Yeah, I, I called his last game, by the way. Against the Green Bay Packers really? when they beat him, yeah, you're really? the Grim Reaper. Yeah, no, well, no, I don't know if I'm the Grim Reaper. At least I got to see uh, a Detroit Lion victory, um, you know, in person. <laughs> Not a lot of people can say <laughs> that. I've seen so some Lions ties from. in person. Yeah, but I mean, I look at him. I look at Eric Bieniemy. Like, I'm surprised he didn't get an opportunity. Yeah, and and those are the things okay, that kind so of bother me. Here's the one thing. Let me let me ask you this right here. Eric Bieniemy must interview really badly. But even, right? I mean, yeah, right. I mean, I mean some you, guys you, do and some guys don't. And I think, I, but I think that is one of those where guys we've seen guys win interviews and suck and get fired after yeah, a year. So yeah. at some point, you have to say, you know what? I got to roll the dice. The guy has been a part of. Patrick Mahomes for five years. Patrick Mahomes swears by him, and they've been the five straight AFC Championship. At some point, you just want the pixie dust. Yeah, at this point, right? Uh, but because you can continue to hire unproven, unknown coaches from other places, but yet a guy who is proven, regardless if you think he's a play caller or not, I need him to be a head coach and a leader of men. Sure, at the head coach position, right? And give him a shot. Like Dave Cully wasn't even looking for. A head coaching job and stumbled into one. Eric Bieniemy has been actively searching for one <laughs> and can't get one. Whereas every previous OC that's been under Andy Reid that we know Andy Reid calls the plays for gets a head coaching job eventually. Yeah. So that's where my frustration is with that one. And I've I've met Eric Bieniemy. Like okay. He, he's an engaging person. He's a very cool dude. Like and and players like him. Outside of LaShawn McCoy and his little vitriol about his has-been career being right. over. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I find it tough that, yeah, he might not interview well, but if you can relate and you can identify with players and you can pick the right why, staff. Why do you think at this point in time, though, he continues to get passed over? Persona yeah. non grata. Why do you think I this mean, is continuing got an interview to happen? This year, unless yeah. I missed something. Yeah, he didn't get requested, and I think also they're winning. So Andy Reid's not going to mess with the apple cart. That's the first thing. Probably you have to get permission from the team to interview coaches who are still actively yeah, but engaged. I think Andy Reid would definitely agree to let him interview. He would, but I think you know. Also for Eric, am I doing this just to check a box? 
or are you seriously considering me? That's the other thing. I think yeah. you get jaded after you've been through so many cycles that if teams are asking you, um, you know, let's face it. I mean, I, I'm, I, listen, I get why D'Amico Ryans went to the Texans, right? You're drafted there. You played there. You were a difference maker. Yeah, there. Like, I it's kind that. of a full circle yep. moment. So I get that. But before that, I mean, who would want the Texans job? Nobody and if and I'm if I'm Eric Bieniemy and the Texans called him, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. I'll continue to make my million plus here in yes. Kansas City versus dealing with that down there. Um, you know, so I think it's is it a level of jadedness versus him just kind of being ostracized for the last yes. couple of years? And you have to think if a team is serious about it, hey, no, 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 this is real. We really we're really interested in you, and I don't think anybody actually committed to that. Yeah, talk to me about Brian Flores, where where he's at right now on your your rankings, so to speak. Oh, I love Coach Flores. Yeah, would he As be number one off that list I just read in, in the I names see. you threw out? He would if he was. Interested, I think that's the other thing. I think it has to be a right situation where I'm not going to a place where I have a short leash, right? And yeah. and if you're coming in and Monty Osborne's like, I'm handling all personnel decisions, and right. you know your job is just to assemble the staff and coach the players that we put out there, then Brian Flores is probably not going to be that because he had that in Miami. So, you know, I don't know if he's willing to walk into that two years after and knowing that this is a rebuild project and yet you still have a short leash. Um, because I think if you take this Cardinals job, you need to be assured I'm going to get two to three years. Yeah. Because outside of Cliff Kingsbury, the last coach here got one. And it was not a great situation for Steve Wilkes. Yes. So I think that's also what, what Jay's, even though he is a prior head coach and he's dealt with those circumstances, I think he's probably looking for a situation where See, I have more stability. I'm just wondering if Brian Flores is looking at the situation with Kyler Murray and just saying, you know, to what degree that is am, the I, elephant in the am I going to have to come in here and, you know, how, how much am I going to have to invest and will it work? I, You know, it's a question. Are you set on Kyler Murray being your starting quarterback moving forward. It is. That is the looming question that every head coach guaranteed comes in and says, are we tied to Kyler Murray? Is there an exit strategy for this if I don't like what I see? Do I have that type of autonomy? Yeah. Or because you paid him, because you feel this need and right. you invested so much, we have to stick with him. That could also be why Sean Payton also, that's the scary deci- thought. Decided is it, is if Sean Denver, Payton was like, I, I like the organization, I don't really want to tie my wagon to Kyler Murray. I mean, if Sean Payton says that, and if he didn't say that, we don't know. No, he didn't say it. But, but if, if he's thinking that way, it's like Sean Payton knows a lot more about quarterbacking successfully in the NFL than most of us talking about it right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you could throw Mike Kafka in that's a former quarterback in this league and is an offensive mind that changed an offense to make sure that it fit what their quarterback could do in Daniel Jones, right? We were agree that we thought more highly of Daniel Jones after this yes. year than we did in previous years. Do you think years. that was him or Dable? Or is it I think like it was a, a combination of both, but okay. I think you know, as the OC, he learns from Brian Daybold, right? Because he's a former OC, so you still emulate and you work off of sure. each other. But I think also... I don't want to go third time in a row with a rookie head coach. I know. With you. That's where it is. So that's why I threw out the name Jim Caldwell, is that you bring in somebody established, a veteran. Yes, he's had time off. He's had perspective. And maybe he comes from a more fatherly position as opposed to a buddy position, which was what Cliff Kingsbury had that approach. Man, if I become his buddy, you know, might probably, probably play a couple games of Call of Duty a week with him. Maybe, maybe we'll get this working. 
Nope, didn't work. Yeah. And so I think you have to come more so from that elder statesman with credibility type of approach. And outside of Sean Payton, that's a guy I thought you would look at. And that's why I say Brian Flores, because he comes with a cachet They're as the well. only two left. But that's it. That's it. Unless and you're not pulling anybody from college. They've already done signing day today. So mm-hmm. or you're Vance not Joseph. Those guys. Vance Joseph is the other one that has Vance is on staff. But are you worried that there's still leftover baggage? See that that is a thing. It actually works against Vance. Yeah, and it's unfair. Yeah, it is. But unfair. it does work against the reality tied here. From last year, yeah, it, it's it's the reality we live in that Man. you have to work within those confines. Max, great stuff as always, buddy. Thank you for braving construction and traffic. I, uh, <laughs> I know that that sucks. Yes, <laughs> thanks for thank, stopping by. Thank you guys. Thank you, bro. <laughs> All right, Max Starks stopping by for a maximum football as he does every Wednesday, starting next Monday. Listen for your name every day to qualify for your chance to win tickets to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Just text Super to six twenty six twenty to register, and you uh, once you hear your name calling within the time frame, you could be heading to Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Plus, you're going to win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. That's super to 620-620. It's Arizona Sports All Access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, the NBA trade deadline is just over a week away. Would you be willing to include Cam Johnson in a deal for anybody? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns Day brought to you by... Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. We are just over a week away from the NBA trade deadline. I think we've kind of all settled on the fact. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say that, but I think we've all assumed Jay Crowder is going to be traded. Okay. I'm trying Jay to... Crowder, this is... Can we make a prediction on this? Yeah, go ahead. Let's make a prediction. Jay Crowder is going to be traded. Oh, that's it? There's not like a day or anything? That's, just... that's my prediction right there. Isn't that funny? Jay well, Crowder is gone. Here's Bobby Marks on with Burns and Gambo on Monday. I think it is a little bit more of a challenge when you are, um, you know, we, he hasn't played since, I guess, game seven. Uh, he is an, a bit of an older player. He's on an expiring contract. His numbers probably offensively have declined a little bit here. Um, and then, you know, then the asking price. And most of these deals, uh, I think since the last four years, I think 85% of the, the trade uh, during the regular season have happened during the week of the deadline here. So out of the, we're at a point of no return come February 9th. Either he will be on his roster, and I don't know what happens then, uh, or he'll be traded, which is probably probably highly uh, likely. Uh, more from Bobby Marks. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with his contract. I think, you know, when he, if he was making... 24, 25 million, you know, we probably rule out a lot of names, but when you're making, you know, right around 10, you know, $10.2 million, it's kind of a, it's a perfect number. You know, you could take back a guy making $7 million, you could take, or you could, you know, take back a guy making $12 million here. And there's a lot of, when you look at, you know, a good majority of the NBA uh, players under contract are making at that average player salary here. But yeah, there's been a lot of, some stuff's got life to it, you know, but there's, I would say the majority of it, it just, just have not been true. So we can start there, Wolf. They're going to trade Jay Crowder. Yes. But when you trade Jay Crowder, unless he is a part of a much bigger deal with draft picks and maybe another player involved in a three-team deal or something, you're probably going to get a Kobe White back, like has has been rumored, or somebody like that that you, you know, at this point you got to make the trade because Kobe White or somebody on that level is going to at least play for you, whereas Jay Crowder is just getting paid to not play. 
Yeah, you know, so much of the time, though, um, okay, I'm great with the Jay Crowder trade and what you're going to get for Jay Crowder. I don't know if you're going to package it up into something, a much bigger trade. I have no idea, but the one thing I do know is I don't want to hear Cam Johnson's name involved in that trade. Well, okay, so here's... Or any other trade. Here's Shams uh, yesterday talking about, you know, the Suns had obviously just played Toronto and there was a lot of speculation why our uh, Messiah Jiri and, uh, and, and James Jones going down the hall to, to talk during the game and you know half these guys on the Raptors have been speculated to move including OG Ananobi the Raptors are taking calls on OG Ananobi you look at the Knicks they're willing to give up multiple first round picks for OG Ananobi but another team in the last week or so that's emerged is the Phoenix Suns I think they're a team that ha- they have the assets eight first round draft picks at their disposal between now and 2030 they've got the picks uh, they've got players they've got guys like Cam Johnson you have expiring contracts like Darius Sarge, Jay Crowder. Can you put together a package for Ojean and Nubi? Uh, could you go get something for a Jay Crowder that can kind of replenish your bench? I think those are really the two pathways right now. now. To be fair, he didn't say in there you have to trade Cam Johnson for OG. But I just, I'm kind of with you of like, I don't like hearing Cam's name in the mix for anything. Um, when we're talking about Kevin Durant in the offseason, okay, I get it. You're talking about one of the best players of all time. You're going to have to trade some of your key pieces. I like OG Ananobi. I'd love to add him to this team. I've liked him for a while because he is a really well-rounded player and he's excellent defensively. He doesn't play a ton. He's been hurt a lot. So if there's a way to get this done where you're not trading any of your core starters, and yeah. even if it ends up just being not a rental for the rest of the season, I don't think you would trade for Ananobi without the intention of re-signing him. But you know, at a certain point, can you afford him and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton and pay Cam Johnson this offseason? All, all of that with Booker and Paul, or, um, yeah. with Booker and Bridges. But I also think there's a level of you could sort that out this offseason depending what you do in the playoffs. Yeah, and over the last few years, too, O.G. Ananobi has had a difficult time staying healthy yeah, that's, as well. well that's so, you know, that, and that is, that is a knock right there, but you have to take that into account. I, I just, for Cam Johnson, I, I want Cam Johnson to continue to be a Phoenix Sun because I don't think he's seen his best days yet. I don't think he's seen the top of that ceiling. I don't think he's seen it at all. He's nowhere even close to it yet. I see him getting better and better and better. So you can go ahead and you bundle all your picks together, throw in some expiring contracts, but leave Cam Johnson out of the deal unless you're talking about trading for a guy that is uh, a legit all-star. Yeah, it's got to be. big package, some huge trade you gotta, where you're bringing in a, a big-time difference. you got to be getting into like the Pascal Siakam range, and that's like the bottom of the range for that. Um, are we on the same page with the picks, though? I don't care about the picks. I don't either. You've got you've I, got all eight of your first round picks in the next eight years. Okay, this should be pick twenty four or higher next year. Who is there really somebody you're going to take with the twenty sixth pick in next year's draft? Ideally, maybe it's even higher than that uh, that you would rather have than a trade. And I, I'm just using OG Ananobi's name because that's the one that's being thrown out there. The yeah, most. right. But somebody on that level, somebody's going to step in and be a huge impact sixth man on this team big wing contributor, a guy that can score a little bit and play defense too. Are you really going to pass on that? In the, I don't know if it's the middle of your championship window, but you're in your championship window for a guy, for an unknown 20-plus okay, round so or, uh, overall pick. Just think about this right here. What if the Suns don't trade a first-round pick? What if they don't I'm trade? I'm a little upset. Think about it. What, what is that saying? 
Oh, you know, we sat around the big rectangle, and uh, there was Monty. Monty was there, and I was there, that being James Jones, of course. And look, it's Matt Ishby, everybody. He's there, too. And there were some other people sitting around the big rectangle, and we were talking about so whether or not we actually think this team can win a championship. No, they can't. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, I mean, what yeah, is it Yeah, and there's say? no way they feel that way. There's no way they feel that way. So if, if they're going to move anything... I'm certain it's got to be some of these picks. Well, Crowder, I think, is a given because I think that's a separate trade. I think that is a, we got to get something for this guy. We got to get a role player. He's a sixth man. He's a seventh man, whatever. We got to get just somebody for Jay Crowder. Correct. But the actual trade that's going to move the needle is going to be if they move a first-round pick in a second or a first-rounder. Why why would you hesitate to even do that if, in fact, you're going to get a difference maker, somebody who could walk in here, and and OG Ananobi. I'm not talking about a guy that is is scoring 25 points a game. I'm not talking about... I'm talking about a good basketball player who's going to fit into your culture. Now, I don't know him personally. Don't know what he's like. Don't know if he'd be a good fit inside that locker room. But, man, there's a guy where you'd say, hey... Our championship window, we believe it's still open, and that's why we're going to trade these picks. Well, there's other names. I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich in Detroit, Bogdan Bogdanovich tonight on Atlanta. John Collins' name has been tossed around for, it feels It feels like Atlanta's been rumored to trade John Collins ever since they got him. But there are other guys in that range that might be able to come I, and just score. To your point? I think the Raptors are much more likely to move people than anybody else that we're talking about. Well, Detroit, I think. This, I think they for, just got Bogdanovich just to trade him. Okay, okay, that and that's great. But I'm looking at the Raptors right now and where they're headed. Now six games under, 500. Yeah. I'm looking at, man, fire sale. That's what makes this tough is now you have this play-in tournament. So a team like Toronto is as bad and as big of a disappointment as they have been. They're still only, what, a game out of a... Yeah, they're a game out of the 10th seed. But if you're the Raptors and you're like, Scotty Barnes has mostly been healthy, so has Pascal Siakam, so has Fred Van Vliet, so has OG Ananobi. Do you look at that and say, if this is as good as we can do with these guys anyway, does the 10th seed really matter or should we trade these guys for picks? Like, I think in a weird way, it'll be easier for the Suns to pull off the bigger trade because... With Jay Crowder, you're trading him to a contender. It's tough for contenders to trade with each other. You know what I mean? Because you're both kind of looking for the same type of player. Whereas with the picks, if the Suns go to a team that's looking to rebuild, they'll take a couple picks for a good player. That, in a weird way, is almost an easier trade to pull off if they want to do it. Something something is going to happen, no doubt. I just don't want to see Cam Johnson's name involved in I any trades. I don't think James Unless Jones. you're getting an all-star. I don't think he would trade. I don't, I don't think he would trade Cam Johnson unless he, <laughs> unless something just crazy was on the table. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this text from the 623 says, I think the Suns still need another point guard to back up CP3. Payne's not coming back anytime soon and doesn't seem to be the answer. I go get Eric Gordon if I could. Wow. They have, they've been rumored to get Eric Gordon as long as uh, John <laughs> Collins has been rumored to be traded from Atlanta. All right, when we come back, the Coyotes are in their all-star break. What will be the team's emphasis for the final 32 games of the season? We're going to ask their head coach, Andre Turini. He joins us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. It is the uh, 
believe we're going to hear from Coyotes head coach Andre Turney, but it is also the Coyotes All-Star break, so who knows? Find out here shortly if he calls. Always maybe talk some hockey. Yeah, maybe he's up on Camelback Mountain. He did right call now. us from Camelback last year during <laughs> that the All Star. So great. <laughs> As he was hiking Camelback Mountain. Bear was breathing. Um, and you called him out. You're like, hey, what are you doing right now? <laughs> he's like, well, I'm hiking Camelback Mountain. We should just replay that interview from a year ago. Uh, while we have a second, though, let's vent out some more of this, uh, this Sean Payton frustration and and I mean I think at this point the bigger question is where do you go from from here if you're the Cardinals we were just talking to Max Starks about some of the options and there's there's seven names on that list of guys that they have talked to or been set to talk to one of them Lou Anarumo is a guy they're supposed to be talking to today and if you're telling me it can't be an established head coach, Max threw out uh, Jim Caldwell uh, along with uh, Shane Steichen and Eric Bieniemy, but Caldwell's obviously established. If you're telling me it can't be an established coach, Lou Anarumo's a guy I'm, I'm at least um, intrigued by. Yeah, um, I, I do. Everything I hear of Lou Anarumo, I, I do like. He's appealing. Uh, this is a leader of men. Everyone talks about what a leader of men he is, and that's what you need, a leader of men. He, he's an old-school guy, uh, I think a great coordinator. The biggest knock I have, he's never been a head coach in the NFL, and that is a problem. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. All right, that means it's time to talk some hockey with the Coyotes head coach, Andre Turney, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Bear, thanks for the time. How are you uh, enjoying your your all-star break that you guys needed there pretty badly? Yeah, so far so good. I'm back uh, seeing my kids, my my boys, my daughter, so a little bit of uh, family time, so good time so far. Bear, what do you advise your players to do? It always makes a coach a little bit nervous when guys get free yeah. time during the season. <laughs> it always makes you a little bit... Do you advise your guys how they should handle their break? Well, just you, you ask them to be professional. You know, they, they, as much as they need a mental break, uh, it's an eight, eight days uh, break, so you need, you need a part of it, you need a mental break, and then after you need to get back at it and get your body going and make sure you're, you're ready to rock when, when we'll be back, you know. Uh, the team will manage the break better or the team can take advantage. And in the, in the pro sports, two, three percent can make a huge difference. So uh, we, uh, we expect our guys and I'm, I'm, I'm really confident our guys will manage it right as much as I hope they will have fun. I hope they will have a great break mentally, physically. But as well, we need to get back at it and be ready to rock when uh, we'll start on the ice on next Sunday for practice and playing on Monday. But you tell them, don't be that guy, right? Don't be that guy. <laughs> exactly. No, you know, you, as much as seriously they needed a mental break because we just finished 15 games in 26 days. You, we, we talked a lot about it. We, it's a tough schedule. We play a lot of road game first half and you know, Christmas is families in town and all of it. So there's fatigue or, uh, or, or, or accumulate kind of. So yeah. you, you need that break. You need to take advantage of it. And you need to be ready to to get back at it. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney. Uh Bear, I got to ask you, you had the 20 of the first 24 games on the road. But like you just said, you guys just played 15 games in 26 days going into the All-Star break. That was exhausting from a broadcaster's perspective. I can't imagine yeah. what it was like for you guys. Of those two, which was harder? Yeah, you know what? 
It's a good question. I think, uh, I don't know, 15 and 26 is really tough because at some point you become kind of a knob. You know, you just just in the routine, you practice, you, you, you barely practice, you just play and, you know, you, it, it become really a routine kind of a, you, you're almost not nub. So uh, that is not easy. I think our guys manage it well and they, they still give us good energy at the end of it, that stretch. So kudos to them. Uh, but it was the same on the road. It's, on the road, it's, it's more mentally because we were uh, so away from our family from uh, our uh, our wife and all of it the the, the, the kids and it, it, it get a it wear you down at some point mentally and it wears down your your uh, your sibling as well so I think it create a kind of an atmosphere but I think it was not that bad I think the guys managed really well I think the family did really good uh, talked to a lot of guys about about their wife and they all said good thing they all said my wife was phenomenal during that stretch and all of it so it's uh, it's really a team team effort from family and players and the organization. So I think we we manage it as good as we could. There are 50 games into the season, only 32 left here. Um, has the season gone the way that you thought it would go? That's a good no, uh, no. I, I knew the the start. I, I was pretty confident in our team. We. We could surprise and all of it, and then uh, I, I was the only thing I was different. And I really thought after the the, the long stretch on the road, I thought mentally it will be uh, uh, maybe a slum there where the guys will uh, be so tired mentally, will will struggle. And honestly, it was not that bad. I think some injury after happened, and uh, it's more. We had our slum for me after Christmas, after the New Year. Uh, when uh, we're in trip in Florida and uh, suddenly for whatever reason we lost our mojo and kind of uh, get our energy suck, suck out of us so uh, from there it was tougher we had a stretch for uh, maybe a week 10 days where you know they were mentally the coaches the player was not the same uh, and then we, we came back the, the guys bounced back and since then, I think we're playing better hockey every day, so we're getting in the in the right direction. I'm not sure I was expecting uh, that kind of a stretch after the the road trip. I, I thought we'll be worse than that, so I'm, uh, I'm not I'm, I'm satisfied with that. Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney, uh, the 32 games left, you got 21 at home, 11 on the road. Is there anything specific you you want to see from your team in these final couple months? No, there's nothing specific. I think for us, it's, we uh, we want to keep building our identity offensively. I think we uh, we need to um, to have different uh, different identity for different players in our team, different lines. I think that's something we will work at, kind of having a uh, more diverse offense, having more possession team with certain lines and with the other two lines having more shot volume team. So that involved the defenseman needs to be able to reach on the ice with them and having kind of a, a mindset and shift from line to lines. I think that will be one step. And the rest, I think there's a lot of new things this year. The way we play PK, we still need to work on our power play. We, uh, we got better defensively. We still have a few things to touch up, but we 
obviously, and that will like to put a little bit more time in our offense and our rush and our uh, ozone play, like I said. So, uh, there, there, there's we had a meeting last week. There's plenty of thing, thing we want to improve, we want to work on. So it's exciting. There, can you name one guy, one guy specifically, one young guy that you want to see over the last 32 games get better? Who would that guy be? Whoops, that's a good question. You know what? Um, I think Mitchell had really good first half of the season. I think Guns, uh, since he's back from the World Junior, played really good hockey. Uh, Barrett Eaton, since Christmas, really took off playing really well. I think maybe J.J. Mosher, uh, there's another level with Mo. I think he has a start of the season. He had a, a kind of a plateau after, and now he, he's getting... He got back to playing better hockey, but I still think there, there's another level there. So uh, let, let's go with, with Mo. Okay. With my vote in Mo. Well, Bear, <laughs> we appreciate the time. Vote Mo. Um, enjoy the rest of your break, all right? Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thank right, you, Bear. You that's uh, Coyotes head coach Andre Tourney right Love there. Guy, man. 15 games in 26 days is absurd. I, I at one point compared it to what the Suns were doing because the Suns were playing a lot and they just put their schedule side by side. Nobody's playing 15 games in 26 See that days. Right there, that is why hockey players, it's still a prerequisite to actually, you, you have to be tough in order to be a good hockey player. You have to be. And they won't let you loan manage no. in hockey yet. No. They really don't. If you have 15 Brutal. games in 26 days, you're playing 15 games Brutal. in 26 days. All right, when we come back, did Sean Payton use the Cardinals as leverage? Would you have been willing to give up what Denver gave up? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, Cardinals head coaching search, update, 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 update. Final segment of the show. Boy, I tell you, we put together these sounders for Cardinals coaching search. I doubt they expected to be playing them a month later, and yet here we are. Hey, get ready. Get ready. I, I think there's a real possibility it's not going to be over until Shane Steichen. Well, now there's really, and the Super Bowl's there's, over. There's no rush, other than, like, there is stuff going on. Isn't the Senior Bowl this week? I mean, there's a certain point where you would like to have your coaching staff in place, and you'd like to know who the assistants are, and... So, I mean, there's still, I don't, maybe the sense of urgency isn't the right word, but um, it's funny because the Cardinals moved so quickly to hire their GM and then to get their assistant GM. And I remember Michael Bidwell saying that that was, they were ideally going to do it in that order, GM first, then coach, which makes a ton of sense. I think we would all sign off on that. Yes. But man, Monty Austin for it, that was what, three weeks ago when he was introduced? See, that, it's so amazing because that's when I said goodbye to Shane, or Shane, see if right, Sean Payton. That's when I said goodbye. Is his because I thought, okay, Monty Austin Ford is going to be the general manager. And by the way, I love that hire. I love the hire of Monty Austin Ford because of where he comes from, because of the 15 years with the New England Patriots, because of the three years with the Tennessee Titans. Absolutely loved his background and the culture that he was coming from and hopefully is going to implement here. Just love that hire. But I thought it did Sean Payton. Um, it was Sean Payton 
or nothing at that point in time for me, and it was going to be nothing. I like the idea of calling him Shane and just uh, who was that guy <laughs> with the we all wanted last night? I totally forgot his name at this point. Yes, uh, Dan Graziano just said Brian Callahan's going to have a second interview with the Colts. The Colts are really the more fascinating hire because they could hire a random person walking down the street. It could be like you were the one thousandth person we saw wearing a Colts shirt, so you're the new head coach of the team. Yeah. Whereas the Cardinals are doing this methodically, just maybe a little too methodically at this point. But anyway, there's that news from Dan Graziano right there. that The Colts are uh, at least somewhat seriously looking at Brian Callahan, who is supposed to interview with the Cardinals tomorrow. The offensive coordinator, of course, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes. Yes. That boy, he's some late action on Brian Callahan here, of course. And I think there's going to be even... Some more late action because I think Shane Steichen, once again, I, I think they're going to talk to him. If I'd be surprised at this point if that net being cast far and wide wasn't cast after the Super Bowl. So this is essentially the, the Broncos gave up their first round pick, which isn't theirs. It's San Francisco, so it's the 30th pick overall. And their second round pick next year, which let's just say, I don't know, you want to say they finished middle of the pack next year? Okay. So that's like pick 50-ish, right? And they got a third rounder back. So they gave up the 30th pick this year and the 50-ish-ith pick next year for Sean Payton and a third round pick because they got a third back. Yeah. Would you do that? Would you give that up? That, yes. That I would. I'm just saying something similar. Something similar to that. But, But... to me, it's more important the number of the pick than the round of the pick because I think people got too caught up in the, well, yeah, the Cardinals shouldn't give up the number three overall pick. No, they shouldn't. I never would have done that for a coach. I would not give up the number three overall pick. But the 30th and the 50th, when you look at it that way because that's really what it is, all right, then I'll give you the 34th this year because that's where the Cardinals' second round pick is. And I don't know. The, what, do you, what do you have to do to add up to 80? Like the 40th next right. year? I'll give you two seconds for him, or I'll right. give you... A late for I'll give you two seconds. You don't have to throw in a third back. I'll just give you two seconds, but one of them is right at the top of the second, straight up for Sean Payton. Or I'll give you a second and a first next year, assuming that first is going to be closer to like 15 or 20. Yeah. For me, once again, the, the question is, would you give up something similar to what the Broncos gave up for Sean Payton? To I say yes. Yes, of course. And it's really because I think Sean Payton gave the Cardinals the best opportunity to um, reach Kyler Murray and put him into an offense that he needs to develop. This offense that I continue to talk about and have been talking about for a long time that needs to develop. I, I thought Sean Payton gave them the best opportunity to do that with Kyler Murray. Now, that doesn't mean that he would have gotten it done. See, that is the great thing about it. You know, it doesn't mean just because Sean Payton gave him the best odds, according to me, that he would have been able to get it done. you got to remember that all the time. Who could get it done? That's the question you've got to ask yourself. Who well, could get it done? That's Are there any other coaches out there that you think could get it done? Brian <laughs> Flores seems like a guy that might be... I don't know, too hard of an anvil <laughs> I'd to try actually it. shape At Kyler this Murray. Point, I'd try it. I mean, now now with the benefit of hindsight, I think my first choice might have been Dan Quinn. 
because you didn't have to give up anything to get them. Because those are picks that you need as you're rebuilding, but I would have been willing to give up those picks for Sean Payton, so he would have been like 1A and 1B with Dan Quinn. All this time, Brian Flores was my other of the top three, but there's a lot of risk involved there. And like we just had Max Starks in here before. <laughs> Max said maybe Brian Flores doesn't even want this specific head coaching yeah, job. He's in right. a good spot with the Steelers in the sense that he'll probably be up for a head coaching job next year, too. Um, that's where I get nervous is when you're starting to talk about it's got to be a totally unproven guy. That that makes me nervous because we've done this two times in a row. Yep. And were there some moments of success with Cliff Kingsbury? Yeah, but by the end, pretty much everybody wanted to make a change. And now, even if you go with Shane Steichen, in a way, isn't that kind of... I mean, you're, it might be exactly the same as it was with Cliff. You're going with a young guy that has a, a, a good reputation as an offensive mind. It kind of feels like we're heading towards that path now. And that's why it was like almost all or nothing by the time Denver took Peyton yesterday. Yeah. You know, for me, once again, I I really wanted Brian Flores. I want to go back to it only from the standpoint that I do believe he does represent an excellent opportunity to reach Kyler Murray. Metaphorically speaking, it's like Brian Flores is a new teacher in an old school. Meaning he's delivering old school axioms that are basically wrapped in shiny paper. <laughs> that's, that's the way that I see him, metaphorically speaking. Once again, he's an old school guy, but I think he, he's a guy that dresses like a new age teacher. He's the only name left on this list where I would be like whoever they hire. It's going to be exciting to a certain extent if you're a Cardinals fan or if you're covering the team like we are, because we're going to dive into it and try and figure out, you know, what the, we're going to talk to people that know the guy and, you know, look at their history. So there's going to be that level of buzz. But as far as the names left on this list, the only one where I'm going to be like, oh, when they hire him, where I'm going to be excited would be Flores at this point. Because everybody else is an unknown, or it's Vance Joseph, who's. Almost too known. You Which, know what I mean? And once again, I really love Vance. I like Joseph. Vance. I do. I, I like yeah. him, and I think he deserves to be a head coach at some point in time. I'm just, it's unfair because he was tied to last year and what happened last year. And it's really unfair to, to tie him to that entire season and everything that happened in that entire season. But at the same time, we all know it's reality. You have to. And I think it's tough to have a four-week search. for him. It does. Uh, I wish he would just get the Colts job. It's tough to uh, to go on a four-week search or however long this is ultimately going to last and then come back and be like, oh, we had the, the guy we wanted to hear the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, there's, And that doesn't matter if he ends up blowing you away and the team wins 12 games next year. But in the moment, it's like, uh, all right, after all that, we're just going to go with what we already had. I don't know. Flores is the one. I expect, what, news in 20 minutes? Because that's what seems to happen now with this. Every time we walk out yeah. here, something big happens. No, you're right about that. 205. Right. Thanks to uh, Aaron, Aaron Maloney, uh, Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns again. But coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.